For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. Four. 
song by Phoebe Bridges from her record Punisher. You're on for the record. Uh, my name is Maya Bilic and I'm joined by Dan Gordon. And before we begin today's show, we'd like to acknowledge that right now we are broadcasting from Redfern, the heart of Indigenous resistance in so-called Australia on the stolen Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. And we pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening in right now. Sovereignty was never ceded. You are tuned into For the Record here on FBI Radio 94.5 and this is our second week of our Best of the Year albums. So number two, and we're talking, of course, about Phoebe Bridges and her second studio album, Punisher. And what a record it was. I think it was definitely something we really needed to get this year. Yeah, and I I also just, just quickly before we jump into a little bit about Phoebe... I want to um, talk about Garden Song, that uh, opener. Well, not technically the opener, but I feel like DVD menu and Garden we'll, um, we'll get Song. To that, we'll get to that in a minute. Dan. Okay, okay. We, okay. We, you know, got to tease people. <laughs> As always, we want to hear from you on 0409 945 945. Let us know what your thoughts are on this uh, record by Phoebe. If you have any favourite albums of the year you want to share with us, we always want to hear from you. On 0409-945-945. Now, this is the second solo album from Phoebe Bridges, who's we featured on the show before as part of Boy Genius, a group uh, that she's in together with Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker, and also a member of Better Oblivion Community Centre alongside Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes. In short, if you haven't heard of Phoebe Bridges, you must have been living under a damn rock because she's been everywhere this year. And, you know, rightfully so, I feel like when you release an album like this, you should, you deserve to get all the plaudits you get. Absolutely. And this is a brilliant and stunning record through and through following on from Motion Sickness, which Phoebe has said was very much her album, unpacking uh, a lot of traumas, but Punisher is reopening that Pandora's box. Yeah, um, the record which Motion uh, Sickness features on Stranger in the albums is truly uh, a great record, but I feel like Punisher kind of amps it up that that extra notch, you know. Everything feels just that little bit more polished. Everything, the songwriting feels just that little bit better. It truly is, you know the the one-two punch, it being the second. Yeah, you can hear her levelling up, as you would, uh, that comes with time and with maturity and learning a few different life experiences as well 
and we're going to be unpacking this record top to bottom right here on FBI 94.5. Now, Dan, give us give us your spiel on Garden Song. All right. Well, I, I just want to quickly shout because it definitely is. Um, we we're talking about this this just before we went on air. One of my favorite songs of the year, and I think it is one of the best songs of the year. Period. And mainly to me, I mean, like the songwriting is great, but I think that the production kind of really edges it over anything else. Just the having, um, you know, foresight to do all these crazy bit crushed guitars, but they don't sound too aggressive. They still sound really gentle, and then mm. having Phoebe's vocals being this like ocean of noise almost i feel like that it it simultaneously feels really claustrophobic and and expansively open at the same time and i just think it's to me it's it's a perfect song i think it's one of one of the best of the year and it's definitely my favorite off this record yeah i think this whole record really pinpoints who phoebe bridges is or who she's telling us she is in the most uh vulnerable way yet um as an artist, I think she's a little bit of an oxymoron because if you were just to look at her, you'd think, okay, this is someone who is like a really goth, heavy rock loving kind of person. And then she puts out this beautiful, stunning folk music. So she's not necessarily an artist. You'd think her work on song at a show would be um, like a Metallica track or anything heavy metal related. Yeah. And obviously this this album kind of carries the same same sadness uh, to a degree that her debut did, but this one is actually dedicated to Max, which is a black pug that she had for 16 years before it sadly passed away in 2019. And definitely, you know, that, that dog's death had a massive, massive effect on Phoebe and to the point where she would get home to an empty apartment and just be like, ah. Oh. So sadly dedicated to the pug, but also, you know, a happy life for a happy dog. Yeah, and I think the title of the album, Punisher, really hits home everything that this album is about. It's destructively beautiful and it's achy and painful and then you get this searing release at the end. It's just a brilliant record. Mm. And, and just if you're if you're not clued in on exactly what a Punisher is, it is a uh, overzealous uh, fan who quote-unquote lingers at the merch table just that little bit too long after a show. So it's kind of like a little in-joke between musicians. So it's shout-out to all the punishers out there. <laughs> um, we are going to get into a little bit more of the record, but just before we do that, we want to hear from you again on 0409 945 945. Let us know what you think. Do you feel like this album is stunningly or, or destructively beautiful? In saying that, it's very straightforward to the point. There's no, not a lot of embellishment. You really get everything as it comes from Phoebe. Yeah, and I think when you listen to it a couple of times, you start to notice these little intricacies that are almost hidden away in the mix or kind of reveal themselves after a couple of listens and it becomes this almost like a little treasure treasure hunt to find all these little things that like kind of ebb and flow and pop throughout the mix. So it definitely is on the surface level. A, a pretty straightforward album, but there's there's a lot if you kind of scratch a little bit further. And there's moments of absolute joy that I don't think we've necessarily gotten from her so explicitly or obviously before, yeah. like, like Kyoto. Yeah, for sure. But they're definitely, like, you know, undertoned with that level of sadness that you kind of, you know and love Phoebe Bridges for. On that note, we're going to jump into a little bit more of the record. But before that, we're going to give you some context with a bit of Smoke Signals, the precursor to Garden Song. 
from her first record, Stranger in the Alps, here on FBI. Oh, oh, oh. 
Right there, that is Punisher from Phoebe Bridges. And we started things off with Smoke Signals off her debut record, Stranger in the Alps, which she has said is kind of like a spiritual successor. Um, sorry, she said that that is almost like the origin stories of um, Garden Song on this record. So I kind of like that, you know, little ties between the records. Easter eggs. Yeah, and then we, um, up in the middle, played Kyoto. Definitely the most upbeat We've ever heard Phoebe Bridges sounds. You're tuned in to For the Record, where we're counting down uh, a few of our, maybe not counting down, listening to, rather, a couple of our favourite records from the years. We did Run the Jewels last week with RTJ4, and now we're continuing that with Phoebe Bridges and Punisher. We've got a couple more, obviously, in store for you, but on Punisher for a moment. We sort of teased a little earlier how this record is a continuation of the stories. Phoebe was sharing on Stranger in the Alps. It's very much an extension in the emotional sense, the vulnerability she's showing and shedding of any any ego or saving face. Um, and it's some of the best, I think, recorded guitar music she's done to date. Yeah, I think the, the one impressive... Well, not one. Multiple impressive things, obviously, about this album, but the main kind of thing that I'm drawn to about this album is how... Even in its saddest, most depressing moments, it still sounds so warm and mm. so bright. It's almost like a, a massive embrace the the whole time, which is is so kind of lovely to listen to as a listener, especially when you know you're dealing with such heavy topics as as depression is always when you're going to sing about it. So I think that choosing to kind of wrap a, a massive cloth around it and keep the listener warm is was a really, really smart decision. Yeah, and not in an intentionally deceptive kind of way, like she's catfishing you with yeah. the, the music at all. She's really giving room for her, mu- her music, for her voice 
to shine and it truly brilliantly does more than before yeah i think that this album kind of shows you all of the different levels that you have with a voice like phoebe bridges and i think that maybe like on when you when you first hear her you might think that okay she kind of does this really like soft coo the whole time but she the way that she uses her voice throughout this album is is so 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 different to anything we've heard before you know you like you have a almost yelling at points and you have her like screaming then you have her really delicately kind of singing around i think that that kind of to me is emphasized and also like the main reason behind that is because of her jazz vocal training she started off going to music school as a jazz vocalist and it really kind of comes through maybe not necessarily in terms of style or the way that she's singing but just that training and knowing exactly where to place her voice I think is so so pivotal for an album like this. Yeah and it's really making me think uh, back to when we spoke to Fantastic Furniture a few years ago now about their album their debut album and how they were all talking about I think there's this very big mythology about like folk singers or or soft rock Mm. soft rock singers right where you have to be really gentle and a little bit docile and you can just kind of sing in one or two really like octaves or whatever and Julia Jacqueline had made this really great point that being placed as the front person in fantastic furniture and having a completely different persona definitely helped her with her own solo folk music to be able to completely change how she would play around with her voice and space and when she would think to go 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 big or go home kind of thing yeah definitely and i mean also like on the on the flip side of that this album is really really beautiful musically like i think that though the marriage of the voice and instruments she's using obviously is the main kind of part two parts of this album but Mm. we've kind of i've never really heard her dive into um orchestration like this or even just kind of like thinking about how all the parts are going to intertwine and weave and, and ebb and flow together i think that some of some of the um some of the musical components of this record are not just the most beautiful things that she's ever worked on, but I think some of the most beautiful music of the year. Yeah, and I think she she's taking the time to really be playful and play around with things, and maybe it's because somebody would have said, you know, you're making such gentle, soft, pleasant music, people might be bored for whatever reason, and that's why her lyrics are so straightforward to keep you kind of, like, clutching on to what she's going to say next. Yeah, definitely. And we like we mentioned the Garden Song um, production a little bit earlier and how it's just this, like, real, like, popping, hissing, um, bit-crushed guitar matched with these, like, really crazy uh, reverb, wet ocean, uh, ocean of noise kind of um, vocals from Phoebe. And there's so many moments like that on this record. Not Maybe not specifically the same, but just, like, moments of just this, like, oh, like, where is all this sound coming from? Like, you hear it on on the last track I see the end mm. and it's just that he's like well, look we're, obviously we're going to listen to it in a bit but no but you're right it's just like you know the opening uh ooh in Kyoto how it just completely like whirlwinds its way like a tornado into the track and then you suddenly placed in it suddenly and then the last song um I know the end you're right it has this very grandiose Sufjan Stevens-esque production to it yeah, definitely. And again, that's such new territory for 
for Phoebe and I think that hearing hearing her kind of like flex all her musical muscles mm. on now I'm like this is so good. So don't call it soft rock, all right? <laughs> well, I think she was she was also getting like uh, emo rock or like what was it emo folk? Which yeah. Is like a anyway, but she is. But she I think she's so much more than that, which is is what an album like this kind of exactly kinda represents. We're gonna jump into a little bit more of the record, Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. It's one of our favorite releases of 2020. Amongst this hellfire year. We want to hear what yours is on 0409 945 945. Get texting as we jump into Halloween. Thank you. 
B. I. 94.5 I've been running around in circles Pretending to be
Shout out to Rita, who's a fan of the show, and says thanks for dissecting this beautiful and touching album, one of my favourites this year. It is Punisher by Phoebe Bridges and the songs you just heard. Halloween up the top into Chinese satellite, and then just there you hear how you heard the ends to Moon Song. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the most beautiful albums released this year. We've been talking a lot about the record, its production, its meaning. It's, I guess, second part to Stranger in the Alps and how much Phoebe Bridges has really grown as an artist uh, with this record. And I think the best way to put it is I remember watching this interview she did with Spotify and she said one of the best pieces of advice she really took on with this record in every facet from performing to its marketing to the music videos to how she would approach everything and I think this is really the key thing that makes Phoebe Bridges so relatable is how she said or was told rather your best ideas are your jokes and how she always approaches everything in that way and isn't afraid to be vulnerable but take the piss out of herself at the same time because I think really and I think I feel like I could speak on this from experience. When you're feeling so low like this, you do kind of take the piss out of yourself a lot of the time. And that's how you reconcile with those hard feelings. And it's nice to see somebody else doing the same thing. Yeah, and you're so right. Her her being this relatable is definitely one of the key reasons why she's kind of rocketed into almost like the superstar of the, the indie folk world. And it's it's really nice to see. I think, li- like, obviously, musically, lyrically, she's definitely touching about stuff that everybody goes through at some stage in their, their life. But I think just her as a person being 
so open and so likable and so herself on a day-to-day basis is so um, captivating to watch and and it just makes you go that, oh, there's not this veil of, you know, unattainable person. At the end of this, there's like a real human being and it's it's really nice to see that there's not this, yeah. you know, artist facade that some people try and put on and that's fair, like it works for some people, but... I think it's kind of nice to have her being so grounded and down to earth. Especially in this genre where it's so serious all the time and driven by, like, it's it's a little bit bro-y in that sense that everything has to be at, of a certain level or a certain calibre or, you know, your guitar tone has to be at an X and Y and all of that BS, how she's able to have completely breathed new life into this into this scene, into this type of music, I think is what really made this record break her through in completely different ways as well. Mm. And John Mayer, of all people, <laughs> at the start of... Well, as soon as Stranger in the Arms came out, he tweeted, you were, you were witnessing the rise of a giant. And, you know, shout out to John Mayer because he definitely was right. And I, I think that her being at the, the tip top of that in the folk world, and not even that, just of the, of the musical world, I think is is really, really nice to see. We're going to jump into the tail end of Punisher right here on For The Record, the weekly album show on FBI. This one is Savior Complex. Show me yours, how 
Phoebe Bridges from ICU and Saviour Complex. We're coming to the end of For the Record, so we're going to let you know. You can listen back at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on For the Record. If you want to get in touch, forthericord at fbiradio.com is the spot to do so. Or you can hit us up on Instagram. For the Record FM is the handle. And you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look up FBI Radio and... For the record, we'll be there. We'll be continuing on next week with a couple more of our best albums of the year, so definitely stay tuned for that one. And be sure to blast the text line with lots of love for Kiki Amberbear. She's going to be taking care of you on lunch. Up next, until 3pm, so keep it locked on FBI 94.5, digital radio and streaming at fbiradio.com. We're going to listen to the last track after this one off Phoebe Bridges' Punisher. It's called I Know the End. Definitely one of the highlights off the record. Absolutely. And this one, Graceland 2, we're going to leave the little last tale in of for you. We'll see you next week. Whatever she wants, whatever she wants, whatever she wants.
Slaughter. 